Record. All right, so episode whatever, uh, 6.9, episode 6.9, College Football Pod. No Titus, because this was last second, and I think he's asleep. What's up, Chris? How are you? I'm doing well, Levi. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Um, turned the big 2-6 this week, right? Yeah, I know. I did. You can tell it every time I take a step. My knees start sounding like Rice Krispies. <laughs> you know, I've gotten that way um, with my job because I'm bending down so much. And, yeah, it's hard to get back up some days. No, it is. For me, it's the in and out of the the machines. I mean, I'll oh, yeah. climb on top of the dozer, and then five minutes later I'm down kneeling on the ground looking at concrete. Yeah, I feel dude, like you got to get that. What were you going to say? So I feel like I'm 50 years old, but I know I probably act like a 17-year-old. <laughs> you need to uh, get some thicker inserts in your boots, maybe. Going get that. To the Edelsons, maybe he can hook you up. <laughs> D- might get that good discount from the Edelsons. Oh, yeah. All right, well, uh, we're going to start off, since Titus isn't here, I do have one message to relay. I'm not going to do it any justice because, yeah, he would blame you way better, but he just wants to point out to you that you're terrible in your quarterback taste because, you know, between Jake Fromm, Stetson Bennett, and now uh, Gardner Minshew. (laughs) Gardner Minshew had to get pulled. (laughs) Hey, I I beat the number one with Gardner Minshew. I beat the number one team in the league right now, so I'll take it. Yeah, you did. My my team sucks, man. Um, did you see how I lost in our league? Which it not not a. Yeah, it wasn't in our league. It's an okay. It's another league that I'm in, but um, it's got you know Team Johnson. Yeah. Well, uh, he's in our – yeah, so uh, he's in this other league I'm in too. And going into the game Sunday night, was it Chiefs and – no, um, Arizona, Seattle. So Sunday night going into that game, I have a slight lead. And I've got three players left to play. He's got one. My three are Zane Gonzalez, Kenyon Drake, and Russell Wilson. He's got Tyler Lockett. I when I get on, I can't check until like the third or fourth quarter. We're both tied, and then as it's going on or whatever, I get a little bit of the lead, and then I take the lead at the end of the game when Zane Gonzalez kicked that uh, game winning or that game tying field goal. I took the lead there by a point, and then going to uh, overtime when Zane Gonzalez had that first attempt that he missed to win the game. If he would uh-huh. if he would have hit that kick it would have solidified my win because I was up by like a few decimal points and that would have just solidified it. I would have won the end. He misses it. So what's that? Minus one point, I think. So I go back, (laughs) I go backwards. Now I'm losing to him. Russell Wilson comes out, throws it to Tyler Lockett a couple of times. He gets a few more points and then I get a few more points too. I'm up by a little bit just again. And then Russell Wilson throws an interception, knocks me back some more points. Zane Gonzalez 
uh, kicks a three, but I still lose by decimals, bro. Dang. That's Who's the close. worst? Yeah, yeah I, hate, so, uh, I hate games like that. That was my first one that really went down like that. I mean, it just blew my mind that one wide receiver outscored three players, and one of them was a the quarterback. But, Tyler Lockett yeah. went off. Bro, he, he really me, did. He got me 53, I think. Yeah, 53 points. Yeah, he went off. It was insane. Um, where was I going to go? Oh, just going from last week, Georgia had an off week, and then Bama played, played Tennessee. We were right about OK State. They stay undefeated. They beat – who they beat? I can't uh, remember. I don't know. I was on the golf See. courses all day Saturday. I really didn't pay attention. I Yeah, I didn't get to pay that much attention. I went to a wedding Saturday. Um, but anyways, they won whoever they were playing against. We were wrong about somebody. But uh, we were wrong about Michigan, Minnesota. <laughs> I think we both yeah. had Minnesota, didn't we? Yeah, and that upsets me. Yeah, so Michigan – Pretty much doubled Minnesota score, 49-24. And then we got Penn State, Indiana, which was the big game everybody was talking about. What What's your opinion on that? Do you think that was a touchdown? I mean, every every time I see the picture, I change my mind. Like the still frame. Really? Every single time I see it, I change my mind because there's certain angles. The fact that the camera – was like on the two-yard line and not on the goal line. Yeah. I really think that changed everyone's – like, it, it makes it a lot harder to call it, whatever it actually was. But I it, I think it was the effort. He he put in – he gave all his effort on that play, and I think it paid off with the, with the call. Yeah, exactly. You can say we can credit that dub uh, to effort, and we can credit – it also to the cameraman not being at the right position. I'm pretty sure the cameraman is supposed to be on the goal line. I'm pretty sure that's a part of his job. So he kind of screwed that up. Well, I just – they have so many cameras, it's hard to know exactly where – you would think someone would have caught a better angle on that play. Yeah. I I haven't seen the still, the still frame, I don't think, but just watching the replay over and over, I feel like when that ball initially hit – it was still a touchdown because you know what? He hits it off the ground and then picks it back up. So you got to go off that initial hit. But I mean, it was right. It was right there, just barely touching the pylon, and that's all it's got to do. Yeah, it touched the pylon about as much as it touched Shiver's finger in that uh, Ole Miss game. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's another big, big call. Yeah, it is. Um, so. Penn State. Maybe this is good for them. Maybe they'll. This is what they needed to beat Ohio State this week. I think it definitely gives them that extra motivation. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it can either it can go one of two ways. It can really give you that extra motivation, or you can just get caught up on that and cry about the ref, uh, you know, costing you that game. So it all <laughs> depends on the approach. Yeah, exactly. And Ohio State's probably sitting there thinking like, oh, Penn State sucks now. It's just going to be yeah. a breeze. Oh, yeah. Uh, sticking with the Big Ten, 
Wisconsin blew Illinois out of the water. Graham Mertz came onto the scene. We all learned his name. And then he came down with the Roro. And now he's got to sit out 21. Wisconsin's season's practically over. But I throw that out there because a lot of people are now asking, well, it's been the whole talk during this whole season and preseason pretty much for all these conferences, but especially the Big Ten since they drug it out so much. So I kind of want to pose the question, do you think the Big Ten coming back to football was a mistake? For Big Ten, I think it was. I think their original mistake was waiting too long to make a decision. Like, they, they kind of did what the MLB did. Like, they just little paddled around, and they got into a rush season, which the MLB season still turned out fine, minus the fact the Braves couldn't pull through. But, I mean, they, they're supposed to be playing eight games in eight weeks and still expect to have teams in the playoffs. Yeah. That's not, that's not going to work. I think you're completely right. The Big Ten, in my opinion, they completely mishandled the situation because if you start earlier, that gives you more room to have these breaks. Or, you know, if something goes haywire, it gives you the room to do that. And they didn't do it. I mean, I'm not going to – I'd give – I mean, I'll give credit to the Big Ten. I get it. Like, they wanted to be cautious. And I I completely understand where they're coming from. And I don't want to get, like, off into politics about – any of like that, but I think you're right where, I mean, I think they just got, they got scared and then they got pressured into it. They're, they're just getting peer pressured. That's all they did. I think pretty much what the big 10 showed was they have no balls. They had no idea how to handle that and they couldn't make a decision. So they let other people pressure them, pressure them into making decisions. Yeah. And exactly. And on what they did wrong too, from the very get go, unlike the sec and ACC, they went ahead from the get-go and said, no, we're not playing a season. Yep. The SEC waited until the very last minute and was like, okay, season's still intact, let's go. Whereas if the Big Ten would have done that, I'm pretty sure their season would be a lot different. I yeah, mean, it, and it's ridiculous, too, because it was kind of split down the middle, I think, people's opinions on it. Half of people were giving credit to Big Ten, like, way to be a leader, you know, even though they weren't. They were just following after the Ivy League because – the Ivy League is, oh, look at me. We're Ivy League. Follow us. We're smarter than you. And um, then the other half is saying that, uh, no, this is the mistake. You're putting this off. Like, why would you just jump out and just cancel it and say that's it? And that's what created the rift, this big rift between Nebraska and the conference right now. Exactly. But, yeah, they, they just got they got way too ahead of themselves. And that's what the whole thing, too, is that, Okay, me and you, we were both took the same business classes or a lot of the same business business classes, um, entrepreneurship, small business, social ventures. We've learned like when things happen like this, I think we kind of think differently. You don't just chunk the whole thing and say, forget it. I mean, <laughs> when a problem arises, your job is to figure out how to mitigate the problem and get around the problem. It's not throw it away and say, all right, let's try something else because you're not going to get very successful with that, with any problem that comes in your way. I know COVID is a way different problem than we've ever had before, but at the same time, I just think the Big Ten, they just got too big for their britches. Exactly. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think because of that, they should be held out of, held out of the playoffs this year. Oh, it, 
Thank you. So you bringing that up, I, I completely agree with you. And I want the Big Ten to just go ahead and get shut down because I think it's pretty evident, even though there's a Michigan out there who did pretty well against a good Minnesota team. There's a Wisconsin out there, which I don't think they'll have Mertz, which I, I think Wisconsin season's done. They don't have any time left to make it back up. And this 21-day thing is kind of ridiculous too, but I get it. I think they're doing that for the heart so they can have time to test the heart too and get that with whatever myocarditis possibilities. But um, and right now it's evident Ohio State's going to the playoff. And so we need one or two things to happen. When I say we, I mean Alabama. We need Ohio State to go ahead and lose the game so they for sure can't get in the playoffs. They need to cancel the Big Ten season or third. I know I said three things or two things, but uh, we need to go ahead and lose the game. Alabama does. I want either number one or number four in the playoffs. Don't give me number two or number three because the number two and number three spots in the playoffs are going to have to play the hardest team because it's going to be Clemson or Ohio State you're going to have to play in the first round. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. So you're saying Clemson or Ohio State would wind up being one and two? I think. Well, I think Clemson's going to finish out the season number one. Yeah. Which they shouldn't, based on the merit of their schedule. But yeah, which I think the only possibility would be after the SEC championship, maybe they would flip it back. Like if Alabama wins out and wins the SEC, they would flip it up to one. But I think Clemson. If Clemson and Notre Dame go down the road undefeated, they would see each other in the playoff, right? I mean, the ACC championship. They don't know. Notre Dame doesn't participate in the ACC championship, do they? I don't. It's a weird, weird year for them. <laughs> I mean, Notre Dame shouldn't even make it because we've seen what's happened the past three years they've had. Yeah, Notre Dame's sitting at number four right now undefeated, and nobody is taking Notre Dame seriously. Nobody cares what they're doing. No, it's like that meme where that dude winds up getting, like, the medal and he's standing on the podium and he has his champagne pouring it all over yeah. himself. And then it pans out and there's ten other people in front of him. Yeah, you're right. That is a perfect uh, meme. And I'm wrong. Clemson and Notre Dame actually play each other in two weeks. So not this not this Saturday, but next Saturday. The only so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, the only way I'll respect Notre Dame at all is if they somehow beat Clemson and even then, I'll probably yeah. say it was a fluke. It's yeah, 2020. Sure. Anything can happen. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, the ACC in general, it's just a wash. We kind of know how that's going to go down. It's going to be Clemson. And it just pisses me off. I've already gone on my rant about that. But get the ACC out of here, man. Which I can't say much because we're looking pretty weak in the SEC this year, too. I think the East is looking better than the West by far this year. Oh, for sure. I mean, I completely agree. I think in the long run, though, we're going to be better in the West. We've got a lot of teams rebuilding. Who's going to be the top three in the West? Is it going to be Alabama, A&M, Arkansas? What, this year? Yeah. Ooh, Alabama. What's LSU's record? You got LSU in there. They're two and three. No, three and two. Let me look up SEC West because I know it's a dumpster fire. 
LSU's two and two. LSU's yeah, two and two. Because they lost to yeah. Miss State. Well, Texas A&M is three and one, and their one yeah. loss is to Alabama. And they beat Florida. And they beat Florida. That's right. Auburn's number three. No, get the hell out of here with that. Auburn should have two more losses. They really should. They're three and two, and then Arkansas is under them. But really, Arkansas should have one more dub, and Auburn should have one more loss. Two more losses. Yeah. Arkansas and Ole Miss. Yeah, I completely agree. They got – They've gotten lucky. I mean, they've gotten they gotten the Auburn treatment. Well, they always get. Um. Uh, um. So, <clears throat> before we completely hop off Big Ten, because we kind of just started with Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, have you have you read anything lately about Nebraska and the Big Ten? No, I haven't. I've I've been so focused on SEC this year. Yeah. Uh, it's been weird. I've been kind of the opposite, which really my focus has been more on the NFL, just because the NFL this year has been way more intriguing. And it's, you know, it feels more like a full football season than college does. Yeah. But with this article I just read, um, it, it was getting like uh, hearing from the AD of Nebraska, uh, the president, Scott Frost, and then some reps from the Big Ten. And one of the reps in the Big Ten said, it's like a really bad marriage and nobody, neither side can uh, afford a divorce. Like neither side has the money or the time to get a divorce. But pretty much the bit Nebraska wants out of the Big Ten and the Big Ten wants Nebraska out. And Nebraska – is looking really stupid right now for the way they were acting. I mean, I get, I get them wanting to play. Like I'm, I completely understand like where they were coming from, but I do think like the way they acted and then they come out and they look like the worst, one of the worst teams in the conference is not good. <laughs> no. Yeah. And the way they acted, you'd expect them to have at least a little bit to not yeah. look like trash. Yeah, exactly. So Scott Frost has gotten there. They've been miserable, which, I mean, Bo Pelini with Nebraska was miserable too, but this has been full-on misery with Kathy Bates chopping off her limbs one at a time. And then Ohio State, get – yeah, like I said, get them out of here, bro. I already hate – I hate Ohio State. I just saw a freaking article about how – Ryan Day is turning Ohio State into quarterback you. First of all – No, he's not. Yeah, first of all, Urban Meyer, like, got all your QBs before you, and which none of them transcended well to the NFL. None of them went off to the NFL and played QB successfully. But Ryan Day, I think he did just get a commitment from the number one QB in the nation for 21 – because I think 2020, Clemson got the other number one running, I mean, QB in the nation. And so Ohio State picked up the 2021 number one QB in the nation. But we'll see how that goes. I hate them. I hate Ohio State. I just – I've never liked Ohio State. I don't know what to do. I guess it's just because I've always been 
one of those SEC fanatics who hates yeah. to see other conferences succeed. Yeah. And, and Urban Meyer coached there, and I cannot stand Urban Meyer. Dude, get Urban Meyer out of here, too. I hate just, Urban Meyer more. Just burn down all the Big Ten schools. Get rid of them all. I'm Everyone okay with associated that. with it. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Stick to basketball or whatever y'all do. Stick to shutting uh, corn. Go yeah. work in the field or something. Go hustle. Good job. Yeah. Uh, do you think Penn State has any chance to beat Ohio State this week? Is it this week or next week? This this week. Oh, it's this week. Uh, I mean, yeah, a slight chance. Um, I think it is. Let's see. Am I tripping? I could have swore I saw it. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, I don't know. I've always, I've always thought Penn State was better than they've been ranked. They kind of do play, I guess, in the second toughest conference. Um, Big Ten for sure is the second, yeah, toughest. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't put it if somebody said right now, like this year, Big Ten is stronger than the SEC. I wouldn't really get mad about that. Just because the SEC has been a dumpster fire this year. Yeah, the the bottom of the barrel definitely has. But, I mean, I like James Franklin. I think he's a good coach. I heard somewhere I was listening to a podcast, and he's honestly, I think they said he's ranked in like the top ten active coaches right now, just with what he's done up there. Oh well. Yeah, which I didn't. I mean, I always knew he was a pretty good coach, but. I never expected him to be considered top ten by anyone. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I think it's going to take a lot on Penn State's defense. And their defense has never been their strong suit. Yeah, it hasn't. Which, Ohio State got off to a slow start last week. And it was looking kind of positive for all of us who hate them. But, it, of course, they just pulled away. I don't think – just with the talent alone, Ohio State is a perennial top three recruiting class. Every year they're getting a top three recru- recruiting class. So, I mean, I'm going to go with them at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean. Every time. And they've had – they've been in top three to five what, since 2014, 15. When yeah. did they win – when did they win the, the playoffs, the Natty? Was that 15? I want to say that was the – was that the first year of the playoff or second? I don't know. I don't honestly don't even know how many years we've been doing this playoff format. Yeah, it's all meshed together. Let's see, Ohio State. Gosh, yeah. It was 2014. 14. Yeah, but ever since then, I mean, they've pretty much been a player on the the big stage. Yeah, I mean, which I, they traditionally are. Yeah. Which, yeah, well, uh, did you have something? Well, it just pisses me off that they are. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. So, if anybody, uh, Coach Saban out there, somebody, we need to get on the phones. Let's start doing a little uh, – let's play Russia right now with the election and let's uh, – <laughs> I don't know. Let's get uh, the Big Ten teams to turn on each other and they just cancel the season. Or just send a bunch of infected people up to the Midwest 
on college campuses. That, now, that's a good idea. Any of these players in the SEC that uh, get infected with the COVID, they should just send them up north somewhere. Like oh, we quarantine. should. Dude, you might be on something with that. Yeah. The only thing is, though, I think you're the most contagious before you start showing symptoms. So I say we just get a whole bunch of people, man, together, and uh, we'll say, hey, one of you has got to have it. Go out there. Spit on everybody. <laughs> Speaking of which, you I can't the uh how is it that Nick Saban gets positive or gets tested positive and he comes back in five days, and yet they're holding running backs out and players out for 21 days in the Big Ten. Yeah, well like where is that what it what is the set? standard for it because there seems to be no set standard for any of this right now well each conference has their own standard that's what the ncaa said the ncaa said don't come to us we're not going to solve any of your problems or write any of your rules if you want a college football season you do it and so they all had to put in their own protocols with the saving thing that was you know, uh, a false positive or holding out for a false positive. So kept retesting and he passed the three after the one he failed. So he was able to come back with the Big Ten thing. That's them. They came up with that, the 21-day. I don't know if – I'm pretty sure they got tested more like Wisconsin did because it's not just Mertz. There's a few other guys that tested positive, but I'm pretty sure they've t- taken multiple ones to confirm it. But the whole 21-day thing – that's different from the 14-day thing that everybody else would be doing is the they throw in the myocarditis thing, the heart thing. So which is to each their own, but that's how that's how it goes. <laughs> it just seems like an overkill to me. But yeah, it yeah, it does to me too. But at the same time, I mean I'm not a doctor, so I'm not gonna play doctor with anybody. Yeah, exactly. But, I, I mean, we're in the same boat, though, and I think a lot of people think it, too. I was watching some Big Ten writers talk about it, and they were all sort of in agreement that the Big Ten put, them, put themselves in this boat by waiting, by pushing the season along. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I never understood it, too, because while everybody was cheering for the Big Ten and saying, oh, good for them, I was like, you guys do realize these players are still practicing every day, working out every day, staying on the regiments. Like there's nothing changing besides the fact that they get to go play a game, you know? So it's not like you're really stopping anything from happening besides the intermingling of two different teams. Exactly. I know. I guess that's just, they don't want the cross contamination because I, yeah. I guess they felt like they could control it at a school compared to two schools or four schools or whatever it may be. Yeah, which makes sense, but, um, but we're getting a little impractical, I think, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, if that's the case, they just they might as well cancel school completely yeah. in the Big Ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's one of my things about this is I was like, okay, so you want to cancel – the football season but yet you know they're still going to be on campus right do we are we aware of that but i don't know (laughs) pretty sure it was frost who said when all this started going down he was like the players are going to be safer 
playing football yeah. with the team because we can keep track of them. We can make sure they're staying healthy, doing everything right compared to mm-hmm. if they go home, they have no structure. If they're just living on campus, going to class, you know, they're going to be out partying, doing stuff that college kids do. Yeah. So, I mean, it's honestly better that they're playing now, although they've kind of flipped the car over that they're driving in the way they yeah. did it. Yeah. And two, like when it comes to Wisconsin, I'm, of course, like they're doing contact tracing. I don't know if they figured out, out, you know, all that stuff yet, but it's more of a reflection too. It shouldn't be as big of a reflection on the Big Ten as it is. It should be more of a reflection on Wisconsin. Um, you know, them not doing their due diligence on their end of making sure their players are, you know, not exposing themselves as much as they are out on campus or whatever. But um, yeah, it's pretty much all. all all I got for that. Yeah. Moving it's a big, on. It's a big mess. Yeah, it is. I like that. Big, big mess. It should they should just change the conference to the big mess instead of the Big Ten. I'm trying to think the of big, the logo visualize the logo for that. The big COVID nineteen. The big nineteen. Or they could put like they're big because don't they do the X for the the, the logo? Like don't do don't I've seen the Roman numeral numeral out there sometimes. I thought it was Big Twelve. It might be the Big Twelve. Well, never mind. Yeah. That would because it's not even the big. How many con, how many teams are in it? Isn't it sixteen now or something like that? Because the logo kind of looks like a sixteen. I should probably look at it. Let's see. One, two. Two, three. They got 14 teams. Well, there's an opportunity for them to change their their logo to the big mess. Yeah. I don't want, yeah, I honestly do not understand the big, like, number one, I don't know, 1G. They're on 1G service. Yeah, they need that update. Oh, I guess it kind of looks like a 10. The G kind of looks like a 10, but it still doesn't make sense. You got 14, not 10. Yeah. But moving I, on, I, so we, oh, go ahead. Uh, not, I was going to keep hitting the same thing we've been hitting. So let's move it along. (laughs) Moving on, we covered the Big Ten. We covered the ACC. We know they're trash. The Big 12, they're all trash except for Oklahoma State, the one unbeaten left. What a turnaround for Oklahoma State, man. I mean, wasn't this before the whole corona thing? Uh, They were in their own little – you know, crap sewer or whatever, but they're prevailing. Yeah, yeah I was, I'm really surprised because, I mean, Mike Gundy had – it seemed like half his players saying, we're not going to play for you this season. Yeah. And here they are, what, four or five weeks in, undefeated yeah. team. Which I want to give a shout-out to, uh, to Oklahoma State because – 
I just want this. Sh- I'm just giving the shout out because I appreciate the respect back and forth between the coaching staff and the players. And I mean, I don't have any problem with, uh, you know, the players like exercising their rights or being upfront about it saying, Hey, look, coach, I understand like it's your views, blah, blah. But, you know, they were able to come to an agreement, which is something we don't see nowadays, like, especially when it comes to politics. So I want to give a shout out to them and they've been able to prevail, come together as a unit and dominate their crappy conference. Yeah. And part of the reason we don't see it either is because when all that first started happening, when Chuba was saying, oh, we're not going to play, that's all I heard on the news was uh, Ohio State – or, excuse me, Oklahoma State players not playing for Coach Gundy. But then when everything got settled and, like, they had their conversations, the only thing I saw is Mike Gundy say, oh, I had a conversation with them. We talked this through. I understand more now. And then that's it. Like, yeah. it was one, one story compared to – 15, 20 stories about how players weren't playing. Yeah. Well, we know how that's the media likes to roll in the mud and get everybody else. They like to bring everybody else down with them and cause division. So a uh, shout out to them, not the media, but Oklahoma state. And Chubb has been going off this year. Hasn't he? I'm pretty sure he had a bust first game or two, but he's been doing pretty good. Yeah, I know their QB's been doing pretty well, too, which I don't know much about them. Let's see. I didn't know Chubb was from uh, Canada. Yeah. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't run like a Canadian. runs like an American. He runs like a Canadian trying to get down across the border into America. Exactly. Can't get here fast enough. Exactly. Leave um, those British wannabes. Yeah, the French. Hey, hey. He's doing all right. Four seventy-eight, five touchdowns, averaging five point one. Um, do you have any big takes on? You got any Georgia takes you want to get out? No, uh, no. I think it's all downhill for Georgia from here on out, especially if we can fix the quarterback situation. So you don't have any worries about Kentucky because I think we kind of established that Kentucky is kind of the outlier as in they may be, even though they're two and three, they may be a team you don't want to overlook. Yeah. After I saw uh, what Mizzou did to him last weekend, I'm really not all that worried because all Mizzou did was shut down. Mizzou shut down the running game and their quarterbacks, Kentucky's quarterbacks, cannot throw. They threw for a combined 57 yards. Good. Four, <laughs> 47 yards, excuse me. It's one of them yeah. scary, Terry. Yeah, one of them's touchdown, Terry, and the other one's uh, the Auburn transfer, Joey Gatewood. So, bro, I forgot they got Joey Gatewood. Yeah, and he got his eligibility this season, too. So Nice. I know there are some Auburn fans that wish they still had Joey Gatewood, which Joey Gatewood never really impressed me. But at the same time, I'm not going to hold that against him because, you know, he went to Gus Malzahn. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're going to start Joey Gatewood, though, against us, see if they can't get the passing attack going. Yeah, they're going to have to. 
They're not going to be mean, able to just run the ball on y'all. No, and it looks like they only ran for right around 100 yards. Oh, okay. Yeah, right at 100 yards against Mizzou. So, uh, and Georgia does have one of the best rushing defenses in the nation. So, I'm not yeah. too worried about that. The only thing I would be worried about is Kentucky's defense because they have been generating a lot of turnovers these past couple of weeks. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, I got um, – I think y'all are going to – y'all. you're right. It's downhill from – well, y'all got Florida still. Hey, poo. <laughs> I think once y'all hit Florida, it will be downhill from there, which is next week, right? Yes, it's the following weekend. Which, I don't know, are they going to be at full capacity for uh, the cocktail party? No. No. I don't Dan, think so. Mullen, Dan Mullen said they would be. I think Dan Mullen ended up having to walk that back because didn't, didn't they just have to cancel one of their games? <laughs> yeah, they, they just COVID. had two weeks off. <laughs> yeah, he had to walk that back. I'm, yeah, that was another stupid Dan Mullen thing. Um, when it comes to Bama uh, – so I did say on our first podcast, the team I'm most scared of is Mississippi State. Not scared of them anymore. <laughs> Sitting out one and three and record-breaking interceptions thrown. But uh, we'll be fine in the long run. Jamal Waddle out is going to hurt us. Mm. Pollock and Herb Street are pretty much like, oh, Alabama's done. I'm not on that boat. But once it gets to playoff time, it's going to hurt us because our, he's kind of like our cop-out. You know, like, hey, you know what? We can let up, you know, a few touchdowns, whatever. But if we really need that those points fast or really need to open it up, the scheme, and Jalen Waddles the cop-out because nobody's going to be able to catch up with him. Just let him keep running the rails. Yeah, and the biggest thing I've heard about that is, I mean, he got hurt on the opening play, right? Yeah. The return. What is your best receiver doing returning returning the ball when all you got to do is fair catch it and you automatically get the ball a quarter Bro, of the said, way? I hear you, dude, and I'm totally with you, but as an Alabama fan, I'm used to this, man, because our best players play special teams, right? Like Nick Saban goes by the golden rule. If you're the best player, you're going to play, and so – that's how it goes, man. We had Julio Jones uh, doing our take backs. We had uh, – I mean, we had pretty much – Amari Cooper, Ridley was doing our take backs. Like, it's always the best players he's putting out there. Yeah, and you're – you've said a couple times Saban's one to – when there needs to be a change, he's willing to make that change and adapt. I think now this is a, should be a lesson for him. I mean, you are you have the this best will be offense. a lesson he won't learn. What <laughs> she was more mad at, at the fact, too. Uh, I mean, everybody was giving him crap about his interview, you know, right after it happened. And, you know, he was like, it sucks. I hate it. He's one of our best players. But you shouldn't be return, returning the ball uh, out the back of the end zone. And that's what he was more mad about. And so, I mean, he's got a point. You should be taking the ball out in the back of the end zone. Just yeah, it's not, it or let it, it go. It wasn't Saban's fault that he got hurt. Yeah. 
But, uh, I mean, it's the same thing. The most mad I've ever been at Saban was last year when Tua got hurt against Mississippi State because he shouldn't have been on that field in the first place. Of course, I calmed down after waiting, you know, to hear what they really had to say. And that it was actually more Tua's decision. Um, yeah, I get it. But, uh, yeah, that will hurt us. And that may cost us a dub against an elite Clemson and an elite Ohio State. Maybe. I don't know. Or a semi-elite Georgia defense in the yeah, sure. in, in the SEC championship. Well, uh, also I want to throw in we got the guy who's going to be taking this spot. We got Nick Saban went full Bill Belichick when he went and recruited this dude, Slade Bolden. He'll be stepping in the slot. He was a three-star, I think. He was like out of Louisiana or something over there, and he played QB. And, yeah, he played quarterback in high school. But he got recruited as an athlete, three-star athlete, quarterback in high school, put him as the slot wide receiver. Yeah, that's the uh, Bill Belichick formula right there. And Nick Saban took it. I think he's like 5'11", Bel- too, something like that. I'm trying to look him up real quick. Yeah, Slade yes. Bolden. Oh, and I, I, need think, to apo- uh, okay. I need to apologize. I need to apologize because on our live show me, with me and Titus on Sunday, I said that that's our first white running back we've had since Dabo. And I got to apologize to Richard Mullaney because Richard Mullaney was our last uh, white wide receiver. He's a transfer from Ball State. He was our right, though. I mean, he wasn't a legit slot like Slade Bolden is. So it's going to be exciting. And then we got Javon uh, Baker, too, that I've been reading a lot about. I think he's a true freshman, maybe a redshirt freshman, but he's going to be getting more playing time, too, in that fourth slot. And everybody's been raving about him. And some of the guys think he's actually – he has the best hands on the team. It's just him being so young, and we got everybody else who's been there and is used to the system. Uh, They just haven't – gotten to really play him but a lot of guys uh on the secondary say he's actually got the best hands so we'll see how that goes yeah this Slade kids 511 198 and Ruggs was comparing him to uh Julian Edelman yeah exactly man we got that. <laughs> which, <laughs> we got... <laughs> which he's a he's an inch taller but they weigh the exact same oh wow yeah and Dude, there's a great advantage, and Julian Edelman was a college QB. There's a great advantage for being a you know a high school quarterback or a college quarterback, and then going to the next level in the wide receiver position because as a quarterback, you know what you're looking for, uh, how to adjust in the coverage, stuff like that. So I'm excited to see how it's going to go with them. Yeah, it's like that quote: "Put yourself in someone else's shoes." That's literally yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to take a page out of Titus's book, that's what Matt Saracen did on Friday Night Lights when he got replaced by J.D. McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> got, moved, got moved over to a wide receiver, tore it up. Matt Saracen. Uh, Do you have anything else? I think I pretty much hit everything I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, the SEC is kind of trash this year. Well, certain teams yeah. – there are certain pockets within the SEC that are trash. Yeah. It'll, it'll be straight, though, especially when 
I mean, really not that big on Mississippi State's going to be kind of whatever, but I think Ole Miss, once Lane Kiffin gets the guys he wants and gets that program set and rolling, they're going to be good. Texas a and is going to be kind of the outlier. Are they good? Are they not? But they're definitely going to have talent. It's just what they do with the talent. LSU will be back to being LSU. Um, and then Georgia's still on the rise. Florida. Um, and then you got Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky. They're going to stay in that subpar range. They'll have talent, but it just won't be enough. What do you uh... – what do you take of Lane Kiffin's $25,000 fine? Uh, I thought it was great. I thought how Lane Kiffin handled the whole thing was great. With the retweets. <laughs> he uh, got all the retweets, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he did. I would love – do you ever watch Kim Peel? Yeah. You know those skits where it was Obama's angry – like shadow yeah, translator. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would love to have a job like that from Lane Kiffin. And just oh, I yeah. mean if, if he's willing to pay the twenty five thousand dollar fine, I'm pretty sure he'd be willing to pay me two grand a week to be out here saying everything that he wants to say. Yeah, and can he get in trouble for that? I don't think he can get in trouble for that. I doubt it. It's not him saying it. Yeah. He's got no responsibility, no liability towards that. But then they'll probably open up some federal investigation, see text messages between y'all. You know, they'll get money out of them. <laughs> they'll yeah. go that deep, just <laughs> find a connection. We'll definitely make a 30 for 30 about it one day. Yeah. <laughs> the, with the lane train. And the, the funny thing is, is he has a history with tweeting stuff about referees. Like when he, yeah. when he tweeted that photo – I don't know when that was, but the Conference USA refs and the seeing eye dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad Lane Kiffin's in the SEC. I am too, but I still believe heavily he came to the SEC just to knock, just to piss Nick Saban off even more because there's nothing he enjoys more than making Nick Saban mad, I think. Good. Yeah, I mean, which is uh, – it seems like a pretty fun thing to do, getting Nick Saban mad. Also something that's not too hard. But, yeah, Lane Kiffin is probably the best head coach on Twitter in college. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. Well, anything else before we wrap this up? No, I think I'm good. Sweet. We did it efficiently this time. Yeah, we did. Blew through then, it like a <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> All right. Well, uh everybody be safe out there. Um have fun watching the Big Ten implode. Fingers crossed for the Big Ten to implode. This is wrong, but fingers crossed they each school gets COVID like the succeeding week. <laughs> Like one school gets it one week and then they oh, shut yeah. down. And then yeah. the next week it's a different school. So finally it's Ohio State and I hope no one dies, but I hope they get it for forever. Yeah. And by forever, we I need mean to... 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Which seems like forever. Oh my. Yes, it does. All right, man. Well, uh, I'll catch you later, bro. I'm going to go ahead and sign off on this, eat some dinner. 
All right, man. Appreciate you having right. me. Oh, uh, no, dude. Appreciate you being on. Always. All right, bro. Take it easy. See you. See you. Bye.